1: Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. When I was young and just a boy, I asked my mother, What will it be? Will it be us? No, will it be Spurs? Is what she said to me. Right from this Wallace. Go yeah. down the middle. Right, overlapping in. Can we find him?
0: Yes! Two for Four away! Good afternoon, welcome dear listeners, welcome to the Den on
1: a beautiful sunny afternoon. My name is Nick Hart, you're listening of course to Achtung Millwall, the number one Millwall podcast and you are listening behind me to the uh, sounds of Mr Roy Green, let them come, let them come, let them come as the two teams, Millwall versus Sheffield United enter the Gladiators Arena today dear listeners. Team news, Ben Amos continues in goal, Central defence continues with Byron Webster, Jake Cooper. On either side of Marlon Romeo and James Meredith. Midfield, Ryan Leonard, Sean Williams. On the wing, Aidan O'Brien returns in place of Yuri Skalak. Uh, on the other side, of course, Jed Wallace And up front, the dynamic duo of Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory. We've all got a monkey on our back, dear listeners. We are carrying up a 10-ton t- gorilla. seven into the bottom three, relegation zone. We desperately need a win. It's today today. day. Sheffield United come in today's proceedings in fourth place in the division. Decent team, big club. And um, we've not looked particularly strong, especially away from home. I went up there last week to West Bromwich Albion. Incidentally, um, apologies for, for no show last week. Due entirely to circumstances. i will go no further than that. Circumstances. I think it's the, uh, the Lemon Drop Kids. Bob Hope used to say it's always circumstances that do you in. Well, that's what they've in last week. For no show last week, apologies. But um, decent enough performance for most of the game up there at the Hawthorns. Certainly for three quarters of a match until we conceded that critical first goal when we rather folded after that. Um, Another defeat in the week in the League Cup against um, Fulham's third or second string 11. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, Another disappointing result, outplayed at times. But apparently we raised our game in the second half. I wasn't here for that one, I apologise for that but um, we've come within minutes of some decent results this season, so um, can we do it today? We need to be on our top game. I personally don't think we have any other way other than Neil Harris' plan A. I just read Tony Monday slating Neil Harris for his uh, team choice, criticising, maybe not slating, but criticising for when plan A is not working, going back to plan A. Um, so I don't think we've got any other way we can play, mate. Uh, I think unless we... Attack the opposition in the Millwall style at the home, being critical with the Millwall crowd on on our backs and behind us. That's going to be the only way we're going to compete with these sides. We we are up against some very expensive opponents in this division, and um, like our Lumbit, we 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 just can't match them on that kind of front. We have to play the Millwall way. In my humble estimation, I present that to you as my, my thesis for the afternoon on today's lecture. Because this 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 podcast, this show, is a lecture. Um and that's my, my my personal position on the on the Mural question. Two teams getting ready to line up. Lines will be attacking the away end, as in is um, endorsed by the Moor Act eighteen seventy three. Um Shepherds will be attacking the cold row in the first half. Away right, we go, dear listeners. We are pumping the ball long straight from the very off, that's gonna go out of play. Jake Cooper from the back line. Um, what do you think? Do you think we can play the beautiful game? Can we pass the ball more? Can we play the uh, the, the, you know, the high press um, triangle style? I watched it um, was it, in the week Liverpool playing in the, in the in the League Cup against Chelsea has a lot of passing the ball backwards and forwards across your own penalty area. Sacrilege in my football edu- education, but you know I'm clearly of a different time and era to uh, the modern thinking. But what do you think, dear listeners? You tell me. Can we all play? A more passing style to effect. Do we have the players to do so? Did you miss the show last week, by the way? Um, I know I said I've apologised profusely already for not producing a show, but um, no one, no one said anything. So, <laughs> am I talking to myself? Is probably my question. I probably am, but I still carry on doing it, even if I am talking to myself. It's therapy for me. This is Sheffield United on the attack on the on the right side inside the. Uh, first minute ball wide right on the, on, on the side there's six gets a corner in, uh, just over the first minute of the game should be a right sided corner for Sheffield United and panicky moment as their forward found some space half the pitch in shadow half in brilliant sunshine it's it's not a cold day ball comes in low taken low it should be cleared it is cleared after a fashion but straight into the feet of uh, Sheffield United one of the criticisms that have been made I've read on on the Twitter in the week is that when we do clear it's going straight back we're conceding possession to seem to convert us with that possession and um, that takes us way back to the start of today's show and the criticisms critiques analyses of Neil Harris's tactics incidentally just so that I can make my you know position clear as, as with the, the whole Brexit um, position um, and that there's a Harris in or out position isn't there I am very much an in vote on the Harris question Harris in um, I can't think of else we're going to get when we have tried player uh, managers previously if you think back some of the shockers we've had prior to Neil um, it's not worked out well I, th- I think we, we this season at least we, we, sh- we live or die with Neil Harris incidentally if my voice sounds a little world weary and haggard it's because I've just walked 11 miles walking for Charlie Wynn the boxer, middle boxer on the fear no Fo walk um, you might have followed it on my Twitter feed. Do check it out. There's um, a, a link to a Just Giving page set up in, in um, support of Charlie, who's been injured in sparring, boxer. Um, clearly, I don't think he'll be boxing again after the, the injury sustained. It's um, a serious one. And um, he's in need of um, funds, because obviously there's a cost now to care, and he's lost his livelihood as an electrician. It's a, it's a rather tragic story. I know that um, boxers run the risk every time they get in the ring and I'm no boxing aficionado myself I, I, I make no claims to being a fan of the sport I do respect it I was, I was talking to Charlie's um, coach ex-coach George and, and I think one of his um, current coaches Eddie on, on route up to the, to the ground today as we walk through the um, environs of South East London and clearly it's a sport that has much good and huge risks within it it comes as you know they go hand in hand this is Mill on the attack this is Aidan O'Brien on the left-hand side, ball into the middle, offside, into the path of Greg, who put it in the net, uh, but the, the uh, linesman's flag was up early on four and a half minutes, just offside, unlucky, nice move, good start by Millwall. So yeah, just to um, explain my position on the boxing issue, I have a huge amount of respect for it, um, I can see what it does to get kids off the streets, out of trouble, and when we live in the world we live in now, so we all know what goes on out there, so... Um, huge amount of time for it. Would I want my son or daughter to do it? Hard question. Wednesday night saw a bit of a gussy defeat to the uh, the Fulham second stringers, as I've said already, including at one point a 15-year-old kid's come into play just to really rub salt into the Millwall wounds. Um, it's a Caribou Cup, so there's an argument. It doesn't matter, but no one wants to lose when we badly need a win. So that one, that one hurt. I didn't, I didn't come down for it. Half the ground was shut down it's one of those kind of uh, cold blowing West End upper only long ball forwards for the Sheffield forward he's takes it in his stride he's come wide nice save by Amos long ball forwards taking the stride by the Sheffield forward he was, he was pushed wide looked like he had enough to take and turn and Amos made himself big on five coming to six minutes that's a good save that's conceded another corner for Sheffield United that was a good chance for them so yeah, 11-mile walk I've just done to get here, um, up through, it was basically from Farnborough, anyone that knows South East London and its geography will know that um, Farnborough, Green Street Green, I suppose, no, not quite Green Street Green, Farnborough um, near the police station, Bromley Common bus station around there, to so the Den is 11 miles, hard walk. Dear listeners, I'm dreading when I stand up at the end of today's game and um, I will have relaxed sat, sat sitting down, will not I? But there we are, Sheffield coming forward, seven minutes so a big shout out to Mickey Simpson for organising that event uh, to Henshaw my, my walking colleague and to all of the boxers of the iBox gym which is located on um, I think it's called Scraps Farm Stranger Scraps Farm or something of that kind which is out near Bromley Common Bus Station not far short of Farnborough um, lovely bunch of guys good conversation on route long hard walk but well worth it for Charlie who is um, in recovery and we want to see him back down here at the den as soon as possible Sheffield United wearing a glow green shirt with black shorts and, and, and dayglow stockings. Um, I'm reminded of polystyrene. Any older readers will remember the X-Ray specs. The day the world turned glow, And that's what I'm picturing as Sheffield United pass the ball back and forth. Obviously, traditional colours will be red and white stripes. I'm not sure why they've changed to the glow today. But it's certainly a striking uh, striking looking kit, that's for sure. The day the world turned glow. And uh, the Warrior in Woolworths. I remember that track particularly. And of course, some people say little girls should be seen and not heard. But I say, oh, bondage, up yours. Younger listeners wonder what the... What if I'm on about, what I'm prattling on about. But believe me, it mattered then. And I believe it still matters today, dear listeners. We have politics for you there. Coming towards um, nine and a half minutes. United pressing forwards. They look like an outsider that's been set up to attack. They're coming down now. In our right wing at the moment a passing on the edge of the Mill penalty area. this is the four, It takes a stumble is that it? he's recovered Marlon should bring away, nicely this is Jed Wallace Marlon clattered as you can hear from the, uh, the reaction but Jed is on the attack three, three day go shirts with him Fred, uh, Jed retains possession doesn't get the free kick decision there unfortunately but Mill retain momentum recover possession now, past ten minutes into the game the Crowder into it See what they want to see an attacking Mill side. I think that that's the only way we can play here at the Den, and Sheffield will bring it away. Is it big news or news that uh, Jordan Archer does sit on the bench today? So clearly, some rehabilitation of Comrade Archer is going on within the Stalinist system that is the Mill, Millwall training camp. Um, he's, he's back on the bench, so perhaps he's recovered favour with uh, Comrade Great Leader and so sits on the bench. One day, maybe he'll reappear in a. Mill shirt I posed that question last night a lot of people said no we won't ever see him in a Mill shirt again but we kind of are today I suppose aren't we this is Sheffield on the on on the left of the Mill penalty area 12 minutes into the game they they pass the ball around well 4th placed in the in the current league table they would expect to be contenders would you agree with that dear listeners team of um, Sheffield United stature they would expect to be up there with the big boys Premier League potentially nice move power, finds space into the the ball into the middle of there they're finding space Uh, Amos takes and collects Just bubbled Just took it 13 minutes they're looking a dangerous side coming forwards they're finding men in space which um, slightly uh, agitating me but here come the Lions Jed is attacking that left sided defender a little bit too uh, vigorously there as he concedes a free kick I think he's I feel for Jed, he's one of our better players. He's taken some um, stick, he's not been in the best of form, and I think he's the kind of boy that the harder you, you know, you, the, the less effect you're having, the harder you try, you try, you try. And I think that um, sometimes he maybe needs to take it down a notch to, to bring the true Jed that we know and love out. But he's, he's certainly attacking on the, on, on the right side with, um, with vigour at the moment. I used to have a, a couple of singles I printed in day vinyl. This is going to be a real stretch for the memory for um, anyone over the age of, um, I don't know, what, 30. Won't know what I'm on about, but vinyl used to come in multi-colours. And during the punk era, it was, it was um, not uncommon to go day Sheffield favoured a passing the ball around um, in their own penalty area method as well. It must be some... Uh, <clears throat> it's clearly seeped down from the Premier League and everyone thinks they've got to do it. They just about got it away there quite, quite nicely. I wouldn't like it if we did it, but um, yeah, As I say I'm old school in that way. I remember, some years ago, I was uh, back in my, uh, my my early 30s, I was seeing a, a lady um, who lived in Sheffield on the edges of Sheffield, a place called Meadow Hall, um, and uh, we went out for a drink one evening with uh, some friends of hers. It was um, scouse, and she was northern irish from the wild part of northern ireland i don't i know we have some irish listeners uh, from the wild part of northern ireland I, I, uh, maybe you know what i mean by that she was certainly enjoyed a drink and um so i think she enjoyed the um, mail company generally so um we're basically we're in this pub in, in sheffield which um tried to hark back to the heritage of, of sheffield and it's knife making um you know steel making a knife particularly blades which are decorating the walls whilst um the Scouse couple and the the, uh, Ulster girl that we were out with had the most huge domestic argument and I had every vision of it kicking off in this pub so it was that kind of place and all I could see were were a multitude of weapons to hand all around the place Um, me being me I managed to do my Henry Kissinger act and and bring peace where there was once disharmony and managed to get us out of the pub alive but um, the whole basically it was a bit like a western you know where where the the, the whole pub was going to start kicking off and everyone was going to start Hitting each other. I just had visions of weaponry being brought down to uh, assist. This is Sheffield from the left. That's a great take by Ben Amos as that ball was fired in 18 and a half minutes. Here there we are. Domestic disputes with um, wild, fierce, wild Ulster women. Sheffield United have not been afraid of long ball over the top today. That's nice defensive work there by Marlon to cut out just such a long ball forwards. Looping over the back line of the defence. Um, they, they, they're not afraid of it which is interesting given that we nice ball wide right this is Jed Wallace cross patterns in this is A O'Brien tries to get into the middle cleared by the Sheffield United defence the Blades defence Jake, uh, Jake Cooper Drake Drake Cooper draws a, a, a free kick in the centre circle now Jake Cooper not Drake that message from Michael Avery commenting on how um, solid Ben Amos and how much more confident he looks today um, possibly he's got the competition on the bench I don't know it's going to go from real corner ball forwards as you can hear behind me 20 minutes in he does look confident in defence I think we've not looked too bad it's been a fairly even game this is a decent side we're up against so there is that caveat in case you're wondering I don't know you're interested my feet are killing me at the moment I dread to think what I'm going to walk home like but there we are I'm not one for moaning dear listeners not one for moaning so um, I might mention it later a bit a comment from Harry in reply to Michael that Romeo is looking good today I think he is looking good passing 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 dear listeners always to a Dayglow shirt 16's going to have a go that's looped over the bar I think it took a deflection off of uh, Ryan Leonard there corner on the left side 20, 23 minutes coming towards 24 there's uh, Mickey Simpson looking miserable are you all right, mate?
2: I'm fine. I'm knackered. Yeah, 11 miles. Yeah. But <laughs> it Feels like it too, doesn't it? I have to say, Sheffield United fans, sold the earth. I 10s know. and 20s and stuff like they were putting
1: in, so yeah. Nice stuff. Just follow the play. Ball in from the left side block there. That's good to hear, Mick. Free kick. Is that a penalty? Penalty is awarded. Missed, uh, missed the interim. This must be handball. Talking to uh, to Mickey. Penalty, Sheffield United. 24 minutes. I'm going to guess handball. Didn't see the instant. Apologies, dear listeners. That's a, that's a body blow. They won't show the replay inside the ground, of course. Lines have not looked too bad, but Sheffield have looked dangerous on on the, on, uh, on the attack. So here we go. 24 minutes. Penalty, Sheffield United. Big moment. What are they going to do? Saved! Saved! Pushed onto the crossbar. Listen, that's like a goal. Corner on the right side. We've got to defend it, old dear listeners. Massive, massive moment, would it be? Could be. Blasted penalty. Touch tips onto the crossbar by Ben Amos. Listen to the ground. In comes a corner though. And fire! All across the box. Over the bar. Wow! 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 Moment. Massive moment. Massive. That's got the den buzzing, dear listeners. Let's watch it again on the screen. It's a power penalty. I must, I think, gets a tip to it. I think he touches it onto the crossbar. A huge moment. So back to the back to the um, the collection. Well done to those Sheffield United fans. Some good donations. Mickey tells me. Um, well, look, just feel that. That's that's what I'm just feeling uh, mixed bucket, which uh, sounds a bit a bit fruity, doesn't it? Feeling mixed bucket, uh, very heavy, and I know somebody a lot of other chaps are doing the rounds of the pubs. So I'm expecting a good take today. So we have so, Mill throwing back to the action, dear listeners. 26 minutes, Marlon with a throwing on over by the the far right corner flag. Can we make that moment pay? I didn't see the incident. I can't tell you whether the, uh, the justice or not of the, of the, of the uh, penalty. Falls to Sean Williams, edge of the penalty area. Tries to work some space, a little ball over the top. The four will, will clear. O'Brien's in the mix. That's going to go for a throw-in. It's going to be a Leonard long throw. In it comes. It's a long one. It's, it's Jake Cooper at the near post there. He gets it back to Sean Williams on the edge of the penalty. That's on target. Goalkeeper backs it down safely enough in the event, but that was on target on the volley. 28 minutes, dear listeners. Open game. Anyone to, to, to take, yeah? What a nice walk that was, Mick. I was mean, some really lovely company on that walk. Some of the boxers and some of the chaps from the, from the iBox gym. It's a really nice event, mate. Well done for organising it.
2: No, I think... Do uh, you, you know what? I think you're right. I think it was... Uh... There was a great team of lads there, and I think yeah. you know, I I didn't expect to be as many as what was there. No, um, no. and it was a nice surprise to see Charlie's mum, Charlie's dad, Charlie's yeah. brother, yeah. Yeah. Charlie's granddad, Johnny Garten, Johnny we Garten the, yeah. Bradley. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, Bradley's yeah. a big name in boxing, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and obviously, Charlie, you know, obviously Charlie Chamber the same gym, but also Johnny Garton, Johnny Garton's fighting in three weeks for the british title yeah this is no, so,
1: no, no mean uh, no. No, no no training about is it there's also um a bit of an exclusive for you okay
2: that um ted cheeseman's got a fight in a few weeks yeah uh, at the copper pox okay and he's got 250 tickets what he wants to sell and um if we can get him down here to sell on the next home game or so and people buy them all right. then he's going to donate 10 percent of um of, time, of the yeah. takings right. to Charlie, which is another grand. That's a
1: nice touch. So therefore, so we'll, we'll, we'll put that on social media. I imagine then, Mick. We will do
2: so, and I'm going to speak to Ch- I'm going to speak to Ted and go over and find detail. But that's pretty much looking at the Texas, That's pretty much what he wants to do, which is uh, a fantastic effort for another, you know, Millwallish boxer. So
1: yeah. yeah, no, it's nice to see everyone pulling together on that. It's interesting. I was talking to um, I think it was uh, <coughs> uh, Charlie's ex coach, George, and very little help from the big british boxing board of control
0: yeah.
1: a moneyed organization let's be really honest the, the sums involved in big time boxing are huge and there don't seem to be much in the way of um, welfare or support funds for, for fighters that get into trouble like this
2: no no that's you know we we were talking to a few yeah. about this and um it's incredible that you know people like frank warren and eddie hearn and all that big like, names like, yeah. big names in boxing Uh, and there isn't anything so you know again it's probably down to Charlie's family, his friends and all that to probably set something up to benefit um, boxers going forward but it's a shame but it makes you think though with with the current climate where there's been a few boxers, a boxers died absolutely
1: Sheffield United on the attack I'll interrupt Mick there's a shot from the edge of the penalty that took a deflection there was a moment where I thought that was going to loop over Ben Amos coming towards the 32nd minute he takes it comfortably enough in the event and we'll escape no, it's, it's, it's an eye opener. I mean, it's a risky sport. I've, got, I've said already, I've got a lot of time for boxing. I, I'm not a boxer, and I, I'm not sure I'd want my son to take it up as a sport, but I respect it immensely. And what I, what I love is the way that two boxers will go to war in the ring and then shake hands at the end of it. Yes, that's no, immense, isn't it?
2: Definitely, definitely. I mean, you look at a gym earlier, certainly a small gym but the yeah. pedigree
1: they've got coming out of there is unbelievable. I, I, mean, I, 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 I couldn't find the iBooks gym on Google, so um, we reached the end of Lower Gravel Road, which is just off of Bromley Common, an area I know reasonably well, and um, it's on basically on a the farm. There's a farm yeah, at the end that, on, yeah. at the end of that, of that track, and um, it's one of the farmyard buildings. There's a few contractors there, the usual kind of um, builders and, and um, metal dealers and so on, and then there's a, a small um, a hut, I, I don't think it's disrespectful to call it that. Mark the eye box gym, but it's it's a proper gym, and it's um, as you say, their pedigree is, is as good as any, you know, and it's it's an it's an eye opening place in that way.
2: The amount of boxes some people within know that the boxers what come out of there out of Bradley's gym and stuff yeah. are, um, are are some of the best in
1: their field. Just one final thing on boxing before we as a free kick at the moment to uh, Sheffield United on the left side. I might let this unfold before I finish unboxing. A subject which I'm not an expert, and which I, I I know the main the main players, but not much more than that. It's going to be a free kick for uh, Sheffield. 33 minutes coming towards 34, about halfway inside the middle half. It's it's, it's shootable. Uh, crossable. It's shaping up like it's going to be an effort on on goal. So he's going to take a direct shot. It does, doesn't it? He's having a go. Um, that's into the in across the middle box in the event. Wide left. 17's got it going to be a corner on the left side just to finish off I had the pleasure of speaking briefly to uh, Johnny Garton at the uh, the Weatherspoons in, in uh, Bromby South briefly um, here's something that struck me is that there's a man who one punch could kill you let's be quite honest um, like most professional boxers a man who uh, corner comes in headed clear we escape again a little bit of pressure at the moment dear listeners I'll go back to that in a moment uh, 21s on the right-hand side. It's 34 minutes on the clock at the moment. Sheffield passing the ball around dangerously. That's, that's clattered into S- Sean Williams. Slight sense of a cup tie about proceedings where we're the, uh, the underdogs, slight underdogs in a cup tie. Yeah, Johnny Garton. There's a, a man who could kill you with one punch, as I've said. Like, like the Bob Dylan song, Hurricane, and yet a very mild-mannered, very quietly spoken... Um, he said, "Call me John. I've got his phone number. I'll try and get him on the radio show in a week." Lovely bloke. Oh, um, Top for um, Discipline, I, I, discipline, and the yeah. fight game is, is a valuable thing. I can't, I can't argue with that.
2: I just think that we've got a few Millwall fans. Hence why I sorted out last year. Obviously, the sponsorship with Charlie. Um, but there's a few of them out there where they need our support. They need our support, not necessarily in a financial mean, but as in buying tickets and stuff, most Millwall fans like boxing, yeah. and you've got the tickets.
1: Here comes Sheffield on the on the left side. Ball across the penalty that's Taken. Well, again, he's, Amos is doing well. He's he's taking a claim for his position. Now, I know that Jordan's back on the bench, but he's he's setting out his case. He's going to be a difficult man to dislodge from that shirt. Yeah. yeah, It's it's the practicalities of the of the ticket sales, then, Mick. Really, it's the well, yeah.
2: basically, like Johnny and the, and the contacts. Yeah. Well, Johnny Johnny makes a lot of his money from the ticket sales. Yeah. So he get an allocated amount of tickets to sell, um, slightly cheaper and stuff, and then pretty much you sell them, he makes benefits from it. So I think that if we have somewhere like Zampa Road Gate and they're there and you know yeah. where they are, you can come there, buy tickets, you don't have to fuck about with, yeah, yeah. You know, with yeah. um, booking fees and all that. You know the cost, you buy the ticket, it's in your hand there and yeah. then.
1: And we can um, use the the, the AMS yeah. social media to boost it. I mean, it's got a wide reach, mate, Yeah,
2: yeah not definitely. And uh, AMS is already supporting the boxers and we're we getting involved. Obviously, AMS sponsored all the T-shirts and stuff today. Um, and I think it was a great cause. Um, I agree. Charlie is one of our own. Absolutely. And he's on hard times, you know. Yeah. He's self-employed, everything else. He's There's been in a coma. He's an electrician, on the chat Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is, yeah. But he's been, he's been on his arse now six months. Where he's not been working, he's just brought a new house. So yeah.
1: you know all this. young body. family too, I believe. So no, really, really yeah. tough situation. Nice, nice boy. I spoke to him last year on the, the bus. Did yeah, a little yeah, interview with him. Fella. Top fella. Um, again, I come back to the same point. Lovely, polite guy, um, and yet I wouldn't want to face him in the ring. No, you know. No. That's no. that's that's an odd combination. I find it a saw, fascinating combination. I
2: saw Johnny fight last fight, yeah. and um, and he's a good fighter. Again, like Charlie, he's a head-on fighter. You know, he'll go in for it. Yeah. Um, and I think the fight with Johnny this year, with the British title, will give him something to actually work work for and probably test him a bit. So it's
1: a good fight. So try and tune in on Friday, night I'm going to try and get Johnny Garton on the show, on the Love Sports show, and hopefully that will help assist a few selling a few tickets as well. Here come Lions, first break forwards for a little while, 37 minutes, ball into the middle, it's going to fall to Meredith, ball's looping around in the Sheffield penalty area, up high there, they're going to clear it, no pressure on the free. and he does get the chance to clear it. Mystery donation on the uh, Charlie Fund, £360, I don't know who that is Mick, um, I don't know either. it's a mystery donation, whoever that is, quid donation, you can only say wow, thank you very much, whoever that person is, that's immense, wow. Ball in from the right hand side, is 1-0 attack down the right-hand side, ball into the middle, headed home quite simply inside the, the six-yard box, 39 minutes. Um, I'm afraid to say that we've been under pressure for some time for the half, where we've broken forwards. Um, it's been a slight break in, in proceedings. It has generally been Sheffield United pressing down our wings and getting the ball back and forth across our box. We've dodged the penalty already, but that was um, a well-taken, simple goal, crossing from the right, headed home from close. Tough break, 1-0 down. Um, undeserved I, I don't know it's undeserved we, we've been pin, pinned back um, increasing as the half's gone along so um, when we've broken forwards as I said earlier on I've had a, a slight sense of uh, an underdog in the FA Cup playing a bigger club so I can't say we don't deserve it but um, how do we respond there's the question misses from Harrys wor- more worried rather than the golden 20 passes back and forth that led to the goal before we let the cross go over says Harry Always incisive, that, Harry. Well, you noticed that. He's always incisive and to the point. We have been overrun slightly at times. We've been pinned back too much in the first half. We have looked okay when we've got the ball forwards, but we haven't got that ball forwards enough. We've, they've had a lot of possession. Lovely angled ball for to it. Lee Gregory. It's a tight angle. Ball across the box. Off the toe of Aidan O'Brien. Chance. Lovely angle header from Steve Morrison. Found Lee Gregory on the right side. He's too tight an angle to shoot, his ball was across the six-yard box, Agne LeBron just lacked that moment moment um, head start on it, could have been a goal there for the Lions so the Off team. time, dear listeners Mill nil. Sheffield United 1 um, I, I think we've probably been pushed back, I think we are, we are behind to the, the better side at, at the moment um, we, we have lacked a little bit of um, vim in our play we have dodged the bullet with a missed penalty but then obviously to concede as the half war towards its conclusion is a body blow. Um, we've created a couple of chances late and um, that's the way we're going to have to try and take it in the second half. We have no other way to go than forwards, dear listeners. Any road up, I'm going to take you away now to a little interview I did last week to the author of a famous Mill essay called Because My Dad Does, uh, Merv Payne, Mill fan, living up north in Manchester. Um, it was my my um, privilege to speak to Merv about a new book that is produced now. On Amazon, called Because My Dad Does. So let's go over to talk to Murph Payne at halftime.
0: Achtung, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: Huge welcome on the show now to a long-time friend of the show, Millwall FC, long-term fan, Murph Payne. Welcome to the show, Murph. Hi, Nick. Um, now, you are, you're you becoming famous, actually, mate, aren't you, um, for your uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> your essay, uh, because my dad does. It was an account yeah. of how you came to follow the Lions with your dad, as I recall it.
3: It was, yeah. Um, it was just after he passed away in 2007. Um and slightly depressing, but it, it cheers up a bit. I was actually sitting writing the, the eulogy for his, for his funerals, as, as grim as that sounds, and I was wanting well, to sort of talk to people about the, the sort of bond we had, which was mainly Millwall. Right. And obviously, it sort of went on and on and on far too long for, a, for, for the purpose. And in the end, I ended up just posting it on House of Fun yeah. to sort of, as like a. So, because quite a few, cause I've been on House of Fun for quite a while. A few people have met me and my dad at the games, and yeah. it was sort of my, my way of sort of letting people know what had gone on and and our background. And yeah, it sort of gained um, a life of its own in the end. It sort of it ended up all over social media and stuff like that. And the club got to hear about it, and uh, it ended up on an online magazine called Sabotage Times, which was
1: was um, in the programme. By... I remember I saw it in the programme. Yeah, it
3: so went in the programme. The, the, then, the then chairman contacted me. Yeah. Um, and it went in the programme for the home game with Carl which is quite ironic because that was the the opposition of the first game my dad took me to. Right. Um, And, yeah, it went online at a magazine called Sabotage Times, which was started by James Brown, the chap who did the Loaded magazine. Yep. Um, Got a good response on there as well, which was nice. It was from um, all variety of fans from from all clubs. You know, it wasn't just a Millwall thing. I think everyone realised that, but a lot of people could relate to it, you know, because um, especially the game has changed so much, it's sort of a, a sort of a relationship or a bond that doesn't really
0: have yeah. really
3: the same opportunity to blossom these days, the way fo- following football is, you know. So it, it was nice to sort of, so my dad was a very sort of quiet, private person, didn't like the spotlight and that sort of thing, but it was nice to sort of like get it out there and and, and talk about why I support all
1: really. Well, it was a very personal piece, um, clearly relating to your, your relationship with your dad and yeah. the kind of... Um, the ups and downs of that, I guess, Mirth and and the, and the yeah. linkage and the separation, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I say personal, yet yeah, it spoke to a lot of people, and I found I always find these pieces quite interesting. They they reach further than you yeah. think they will, don't they?
3: Definitely, yeah. I think say so. a lot of people relate to it. A lot of the comments on on the online piece said, you know, you could replace Millwall for West Ham or whatever and whatever, and that, and that was me. Or yeah. or other people said. Um, my dad wasn't actually into football but it was my uncle that took me which was i think the case for my dad it was his uncle that took him to me rather than his dad yeah. so yeah it was that, that that link whether it's whether it's a father and a son an uncle and a son or an aunt and a daughter or a dad and a daughter sort of thing you know it, it sort of struck a chord i think but as like i say totally unintentionally it was literally it started out as something very very different yeah and ended up like that and i think i sort of explored Areas of my relationship with my dad that I never really even considered. I just, it just, it just sort of happened, you know. And I sort of started to think about just what a big part something as simple as going to a football, following a football team, had in in, in that sort of that those sort of times, you know.
1: It goes much deeper than just the football thing, doesn't it? It's definitely it, it's yeah. a bonding thing. Um, I yeah, yeah. I actually envy those who, and I envy your story in some respects because mm. I never had that I, I went with mates no. my dad wasn't bothered about football really yeah um, and I envy the, the the kind of familial thing that we we see at millwall but other clubs too of course um, yeah, absolutely. I, I never really had that in the same way but what started for you as a as a funeral a funeral eulogy? developed yeah. into an essay, is, you've now developed it into an actual uh, book. And uh, it's
3: that book, yeah. Um, and I we're shamelessly been...
1: promoting it, Merv. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On yeah. this show. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. It's, and it's it's, it's entitled to, because, it's entitled because my dad does. It's it the development of the of the essay, I imagine. The
3: original story, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's been something i like wanted to do for a while, and like I say, it, it got me sort of looking at not just me growing up with my dad, but me and my, and my own sons, you know, because as I say, that the, the, the way of just, just rocking up to a football ground just doesn't exist anymore. You know, I couldn't just take, it's a lot harder to sort of just sort of take your sons along and, and, and sort of have that bond. Mm. Um, but it also, it's, it's not just about that. It sort of centers around a particular season at Millwall. because um, I think it's, it's 30 years this year that they, that, that they won promotion to the first division for the first time. And a central part of my, Relationship with my dad and, and Millwall was this whole legend at the time in the early 80s of Millwall being the only London team ever to be in the first division.
0: Yeah,
3: um, and that was one of the many anecdotes my dad told me about when he was growing up following Millwall Was how close they came in 72, which is the year I was born. In fact, the, uh, the famous home game with Preston when apparently we thought we were up for a few. Glorious minutes and yeah. found out we weren't. I was, yeah. I was there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad told me that story so many times about you know how close they came, out they thought they were up, and then they weren't, and then the whole um, team just seemed to disintegrate a bit. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: just you know, they had a bit of a revival under um, Jago a few years later, but um, and then when I was taking in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, the club was in quite a mess, and my dad used to say, "Well, that was the last chance I'll ever have to see him in the first division," you know, and well, and
0: yeah. I just
3: thought that was. Well, you know, and they've been around about hundred years, and they've not made it. And you start thinking, well, you know, this is something this needs to be put right. You know, we really desperately want to see Mu in the first division. I'm not, but I'd like to see him with my dad. You know, I'd yeah, like, on
1: absolutely.
3: The yeah, with my dad watching Mu play the likes of Man United, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool at the Den. And of course, eighty-seven, eighty-eight, the, one way or another, you know, it, it actually happened. Um, and the book really focuses around that season. To be honest, it sort of it goes off on all sorts of various tangents. Going up into growing up in the seventies and the eighties, and it covers a bit of junior football and stuff like that. All things right. again that, that they were byproducts of you know, me getting into football with my dad. But yeah, there was that that season which was and, sort of, I suppose, in, yeah. That's when I first started travelling away to away games. And at the start of the season, I wasn't allowed to go on the own and I sort of contrived to sort of get to games. And my dad was never interested in going too far. And I made a him into going to a few away games and. And then there was times when the, the, the money ran out, and it wasn't possible to go to all the games. And different ways of following football, following your team in them days, was obviously very different in the pre-internet days. You had to rely on things like teletext and
1: absolutely and, and different stuff time. Like
3: that. you know. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it was very very different. And I mean, we used to walk around the shops and like the, the, the department stores, and go in the TV departments and tune the tellys in to try and find the score. Sometimes <laughs> you, had, you know, silly things like that. And it, it could be hours before you'd even find out the score sometimes, and you Know the next day before you get to the tables, that sort of thing. So, um, there's a fair bit of nostalgia in there. Um, but yeah, I sort of that was the season when I started to travel. I really properly got the Millwall bug, I was already really mad on them, but traveling away and really making some good friendships with people along the way. Um, and and say getting my dad to go to some of the games, and of course, that that day at, at Hull. Um,
1: yeah, a legendary it, you know. day, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, and it sort of felt like uh, really achieving something, you know, something that, that my dad had always wanted, and and I've been sort of. Wanted to, and it, it was, there was something quite um, significant about it, really. You know, there was something
0: fact, yeah. the whole
3: of that year, 1988, yeah, even when we started in the first division, everything just seemed to click, everything, everything seemed to go right, you know. And um, so, yeah, it sent us a lot around that season because that was um, really iconic for me. And not long after that, um, when we got into the 90s, I sort of um, I moved away, I moved, right. I moved up north and got married, and so things were never quite as intense again on the football side of things, you know. So, that was really a sort of pinnacle season. I think Newell fans everywhere,
1: really. Absolutely, so, uh, and that season yeah. exists for me, and it sounds like a bit for you for your own reasons, described in the book. Because uh, I yeah. feel it like a dream. It's almost um, yeah. like it it yeah. happened, sure, but yeah. it has a surreal quality still to this day. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean,
3: obviously, I did a lot of research, and I was gobsmacked at how much it was so fresh in my mind. But mm. thankfully. Like the, the, the beauty of YouTube, and you know, there a lot of the games, some of the games are on there, and I was amazed say, how clearly I remembered them. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing I think I touched on towards the end of the season, we seem to get a penalty every week for about four
1: or five games. <laughs> Those days are long gone, and, think, yeah. This is it.
3: You think it's, I remember, I think I actually said, you know, this is a, following the team, you, you, you'd go months, years, even without seeing a penalty, and suddenly, just, just when we needed them, we were getting penalties. And we had Kevin O'Callaghan at the time, who, and as I said, with him taking penalty kicks, all you need to do is give him the penalty kick and he, he put it in. It was a given, you know, with, he was such a good penalty taker. Absolutely. And I remember a, a, a Palace supporting friend of mine at the time just being totally resigned to it, saying, oh, well, you've done it, you're up now, nothing's going to stop you. It's just such a beautiful sort of feeling. That, and that, Although in the back of your mind, even, on, even at whole when we went 1-0 up, there was that thing, oh, what if we messed this up? You know. And I was thinking about my dad and that, that day at Preston when they thought they were up and I thought what if I I had the same story to tell my kids, you know, 40, 50 years down the line and but you did feel that it was it was it was our time and it and it, it like I say it was like a dream like sort of season where everything just seemed to clip. It was it was quite bizarre.
1: Absolutely. Now the book is I mean, is on Amazon Murph. You can, is, yeah, yeah. Um searching on Amazon for uh, because my dad's my does. dad does yeah. yeah
3: I think yeah I think most people know sort anyone who knows the original story um, knows it as that I think it, it made a lot of sense and yeah. so there are some other elements as well in there that, that relate to that so um, but yeah there's a lot, there's a lot more besides to say there's a great big dollop of nostalgia here and there sort of, of the time and that kind of thing but um, hopefully it's, there's something in there for everyone not just not just meal supporters really for just football supporters in general and lovers of sort of nostalgia and all things 80s I think will
1: appreciate it as well Absolutely, it's a fantastic subject. Um, anyone who's never read Merv's essay, um, do so, or better still, pick up the book. I'm just searching on Amazon whilst I string my conversation out to keep Merv on the line. I'm just waiting for it to load. Um, there it is, uh, Merv Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, because my dad does is the title of the of the of the piece. And it's on Amazon for £9.99. That is bloody yeah. good value. And you get it for free UK delivery, dear listeners. Yeah. Um, it's in okay. stock now. <laughs> well done, Merv. That's a fantastic um, project. Um, for a, a season that exists in all of our collective memories. And, and what a way to Definitely. commemorate it, mate. Merv, nice really right. appreciate your time, mate. Um, that Thank you, book, Again, Because My Dad Does by Merv Payne get it on Amazon get it on get on it now why don't you
0: <laughs>
1: well teams are back out for the second half dear listeners welcome back no changes so far as I can tell on the Millwall side and who cares about the Sheffield United side big mountain to climb in the second half dear listeners are a goal behind second goal probably kills us if we can get an equaliser and bring the den into play, then anything is possible. So, everything to play for. Sheffield are sacking the away end. Mill will be attacking a cold blow in accordance with Her Majesty's parliamentary legislation. It's been an average performance so far by mill but we're up against a decent team who have not played averagely. They've certainly taken their chance when it fell their way in the first half and exploited the fact that they've let a penalty go by. But this is a corner now for the Lions, enough about the opponents because we don't really care about the opponents do we dear listeners and it comes to the right side it's floated deep it's towards Jed Cooper that's a one
0: goal! Fantastic goal! Beautiful here by
1: Jake Cooper! Straight forward goal! Called across from the right-hand side, made at the far post by Jake Cooper, heads home and one-o! Let's watch it again and it comes! Deep, deep, deep! And he's just met bang on by Jake Hooper. heads it home. Great goal. Nicely, Nicely taken. goal. Nicely taken. Beautifully taken goal by Jake Hooper. That's 1-0. they should sell a few nerves. He's a big lad as well, isn't he? He's a tall boy. He's a tall boy. I, I couldn't leap to my feet there, dear listeners. After 11-mile walk, I've become slightly set in a kind of a seat position. And we scored the goal. And I kind of staggered to my feet rather than leapt like a salmon leaping from the Atlantic Ocean Gulf Stream. At the mating call of the Lady Salmon, I'm afraid Lady Salmons, for me, will have to wait a little bit, I'll have to get to them later on. 1-0, 47 minutes. Sheffield immediately onto the attack, that's a deep cross, that's going to go behind for a corner. Marlon's put it behind, left-sided corner. The uh, 16 takes, near post-bought, across the penalty, just evaded the forehead of Aidan O'Brien, and evaded everyone else's forehead as it ran across the six-yard box. Sheffield pull all the way back inside their own half now, but they do have possession. Ball forwards to uh, Jake Cooper. Back and forth at the moment, dear listeners. Ball into the box. Um, Williams will will partially clear. Takes a rebound. Free kick given. I don't know what for. I thought that was actually a moment of danger as it fell to the 17 from like a looping deflection. But um, free kick given, so thankfully that ends that little passage of play, dear listeners. Tackle by Baroner, wins possession of order, the ball forward, finds Lee Gregory, through on goal, he takes, he turns. Two one! Two one! Beautiful yeah, we'll take! Lee Gregory! 50 minutes! The dead explodes! That's a fantastic long ball! Into the bar for Lee Gregory's watching again, long ball forwards! Over the head of the Leo, several defenders. I thought Gregory took one pace too far. He didn't, he slid it to the right corner. Two-one middle wall. there you are you can hear what that's done to the den dear listeners what you wanted the crowd brought into play Mr Harris did you well you got the crowd the play mate that's the way to do it 201 appearances you say Mick for, for Lee Gregory 201 he celebrate with a goal 51 minutes on the clock dear listeners Neil Harris commented on the fantastic support up there at West Brom last week he was very loud I can tell you that much Um, Obviously the result didn't go our way and um, once the goal went in we didn't react well to that but the support was was top draw, I can guarantee you that. Offside there, Sheffield tried to pass the ball through our defence, 52 minutes. Lloyd's looking much more energetic in the second half. Ryan Leonard now coming down left, he's clipped. They're howling for a free kick, they will get it. They want a yellow card, they want him off actually. Forget the yellow card, they want a red. They get a yellow. Red would have been harsh.
2: Referee's not in our book, is he? Do
1: you know what I mean? <laughs> that would have been a harsh decision if we'd have got that. It's a free kick in the event. 54 minutes. Conewall's 55 minutes. Sean Williams will be taking, dear listeners. Mill uh, with plenty of bodies in the box. Cooper is forwards. Byron's gone forwards. Both just Marlon and uh, Meredith back towards Morrison. Ball bouncing around in this. Clipped close, wide, but close. I think that was. uh Who's that? Cooper. Cooper clips it wide, 55 minutes. 58 minutes, and Sheffield are on the attack here. They're coming down their right side, trying to find some space. They do find space. That almost breaks through last pitch, defending by Jake Cooper. The ball still on the, on the goal on the, on the right side. Uh, they're a dangerous team, Sheffield United. They're almost finding space again. One, two, one, two, one, two. Brilliant Be- save, low save, reflex save by Ben Amos. Yeah. Pulled us out of trouble and it gives Milne a chance to break. It's open stuff, end-to-end stuff, but that was a poor ball, as you can detect. 59 minutes, dear listeners. Strong smell of um, flatulence, possibly derived from a curry around us. It's not me. I'll tell you something down. I don't think it's Mick. He would put his hand up to it if it was him. So it's one of, the, one of these other blokes around us. Charming. Ball, ball loose there. Normally it's like the smell of Woodstock. Today it's the smell of a farmyard. Steve Morrison, master of the dark arts, a little push on the um, Sheffield player as a throw from real defence. <laughs> Pushed him forwards, won the ball. No, 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 nothing given by the referee, master of the dark arts of the game. Fantastic when it's on your side, horrible when it's against you, but there he is, he worked that one well. Just a little reminder that Mickey and I have walked 11 miles in aid of Charlie yeah. Wynn. We, we have, mate. We we, 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 we're we're, we're going to feel it when we walk out of the ground yeah, here yeah. today. Um, go onto the Twitter feed at CBL underscore magazine or the A underscore underscore MS feed. Oh,
2: fan on the board feed.
1: Fan on the board feed. You'll find links to the Charlie Wynn support fund. Please
2: Just type in uh, fear no foe walk, walk hashtag and you'll find everything you need to do there.
1: And the thing you need to do is just spare a few quid, a few coppers, whatever you've got. Um, it will help one of our own. He's, he's in trouble and it'll be much appreciated. And um, I know that the, the Wynn family are very appreciative of what was, what was being done on their behalf. Improved performance by Ryan Leonard in the second half. Wins the ball. He's on the attack now. Come down the left. <clears throat> ball full block there. Just as I praised him. Halfway through the second half. 67 minutes. That's the kind of thing we all want to see from Ryan Leonard: winning the ball and making the attacking run. We saw a little bit of it there. His last ball was a tad, a tad overstruck. 70 minutes on the stadium clock, dear listeners. Left-sided corner, 16 takes. That's swung in, headed away by Steve Morrison. To the edge of the penalty area. He's done some work this afternoon, Lee Gregory, Mick. I'll tell you that much. He's really, really worked hard. Um, I said earlier on, Ben Amos is a man of the match. Lee Gregory's a contender too and don't forget after today's game go on the AMS website give us your player ratings they're always interesting I always use them when I'm doing my post-match analysis Uh, AMS website uh, co.uk co.uk. player ratings we want to see what you think I I personally am making uh, maybe Lee Gregory now man of the match but Ben Amos will be a contender he's played very very well today dear listeners 71 and a half minutes a lot of possession for Sheffield 21 now on the left side I think this is the well, the build up to the goal was a bit like this that's, that's clattered into Marlowe, it's going to go for a corner the corner taken lock. right side of the corner is patted away by Ben Amos, still in play on the, on the left side That's he takes a clattering, the 10 comes in he takes a clattering, goes down wins a free kick, referee blows up for that, 76 minutes Sheffield on the attack on the right hand side it's pretty much in incessant pressure um, Williams conceded a free kick on the it's a penalty another penalty, excuse me I thought it was a free kick. Fucking penalty. 17's going to take. Can we? Can we, Can another miracle be performed? Two miracles is a lot to ask our Ben, ben Amos. Sorry for the confusion. Penalty. 17's going to take. 78 minutes. Two each. Two each. being in the bottom left. Unfortunately, we as I've said, put Proogba by I'm mistaken, think it was a free kick. Um, it would have invited it on, rather. Um, bottom left-hand corner for the penalty. Now the game is there to be won or lost by both sides. And Sheffield will come out with a new spark now for the final phase of the game, the final 12 minutes, 10, 11 minutes. Another shot from the right-hand side. It's 3-2-10. He's offside. He's offside. Don't for that. Ball in from the right-hand side of the 10, heading home. Offside. 79 minutes. It's all action at the bend, dear listeners. Ferguson's coming into the game. Uh, Aidan's coming out of the game. Um, Do we deserve to be equals? Probably we do, in honesty. I'm going to make a controversial call there. We've rather invited Sheffield on at times. We've not got the ball away from our own penalty area, and they've been able to come out in waves. So... um, Yes, we probably do to deserve to be even Stevens. We don't deserve to be behind, in my opinion. Gregory does well to take and turn it halfway on, gets clipped. Referee gives a free kick. What's he going to give? He's going to give a yellow. He's going to give a yellow. 82 minutes. On the, I think that was the four. So Elliot's into the mix.
2: Williams is going to put the ball long. Because
1: he's a big lad, isn't he? I, I, I want Elliot to do well. I, I, I make no bones about it. I, I want him to do well. But... He's, he's, he's not the most skillful striker in the world. He never will be, but I want him to do well. Ball's launched forwards from, from Sean Williams. That's headed down by Cooper. That's going to go for a goal kick, unfortunately. 83, 83 minute. Sounds like someone needs to check in with the Weight uh, Watchers courses. Sheffield have been dangerous all afternoon, dear listeners. They're coming down our, our right-hand side. They retain the ball well. One of the better teams we've played in that way, I think. Um, ball's into the mix. That's taken nicely by... Ben Amos, he's looked very solid for me this afternoon I know he's been beaten twice but that doesn't tell the full story of Ben Amos's contribution to the game this afternoon but now comes Sheffield United again the 22 down the, down the, uh, the left side he gets the ball back dangerously so then Cooper should get a header to it, he does the straight back to, to, to Sheffield United this is incessant pressure dear listeners it's um touched 3-2 3-2 on the right hand side ball back across the goal in front of the 6-yard box 3-2 88 minutes, gutter, it's a fucking gutter, dear listeners. Well, it's going to be a disappointing loss this afternoon, dear listeners. Um, It's been a good performance at times in the second half. We've come up against one of the decent sides of the division. We've been um, pulled apart at times as they've attacked, but we've given it everything we've got to give. I do worry that we are giving everything we've got to give, and we're coming up second best against some of these sides. Um, to play well and get beaten is, is, as I've said earlier on, is relegation form. I think we're in for a very, very difficult season ahead. Survival will be as much as I'm going to aim for. And we'll do well to achieve that. Last chance alone. The huge ball loss falls from Ben Amos. We must be into the last seconds of proceedings. Ball bouncing around at the far end. It, it, it falls to... Um, Romeo's push wide. I don't think he's going to get anything on that. He's, he's played well this afternoon, Marlon Romeo. Man of the match for me So I think I'll go for Lee Gregory. But... but um, Ben Amos has done well. It's forced to Shane, Shane Ferguson. He gets... Runs straight into trouble. There is. That's the end of the game, dear listeners. Mill 2, Sheffield United 3. Um, overall, I think that's probably... Uh, a tough result on the Lions. I think we did enough to get back... For at least a point in the second half. Um, and as ever, unfortunately... We're letting James go at the end of the match. Tell them stop me if you heard this song before. Um, there we are.
0: It's the Lucas Ball report.
4: It's another late blow for Millwall as it ends in defeat here again. Um a while after the game now the ground's definitely empty by now but it's a 3-2 defeat and um well another disappointing result, you know, we've Went behind, but come back and gone two one up, and maybe maybe a soft penalty. I I think it probably was a penalty the second one, but that's got them back into the game, and then we've conceded late on again to give them the three points. Is you know it's poor defending for the majority of the game, to be honest. First and third goals, as Neil Harris said, were abysmal, and um, he he was not happy at all after the game, as as he wouldn't be after after that. Um, Jed Wallace picked up his fifth yellow card of the season today as well, so he's suspended for the next game. All round, it's, another, it's not a brilliant performance from him all. Two decent goals, in fairness. Um, Well-worked set-piece. Jake Cooper just heads it in at the back post. Towers above everyone, as he always does. And the second goal is a lovely ball through from Ryan Leonard against his former club to Lee Gregory, who slots it past the keeper, which is surprising, given it was a one-on-one. Then sat back again and invited pressure conceded the penalty got them back into the game to make it two. and he decided to bring shane ferguson on at left midfield which seemed like we was playing for the draw when you're at home we can't afford to do that you know we've invited pressure too many times this season it's never worked and then conceded the third and he went and uh, harris went for the usual substitution of taking james meredith off which has never worked all the times he's tried it when he's gone to take meredith off and bring another striker on so that's something that he probably needs to look at as well. Some more poor decisions today from Harris, you feel. Yeah, there's something that's got to be looked at in the defence as well. Kept letting in between the centre-back and the full-back on both sides. They were getting down there too easy. The, the the thing was down the right that Romeo had the pace to recover and get back and win the ball back a few times. It wasn't working quite as well for Sheffield United, whereas near enough every time down the left, they was getting in. Ben Amos, probably Millwall's best player. <laughs> made, made a penalty save, made a couple of good saves. All in all, he's got to be the man of the match, I think. Move on to Forest next week, and uh, if we don't win against Forest or Villa, then be no wins in between the two international breaks. Come on, you lines.
1: There's a saying in politics, ladies and gentlemen, that all political careers, and I think also all football management careers for that matter, in the end um, end in failure. And I think after that result yesterday, Neil Harris is sadly, I think he's teetering on the edge of failure As, as, as a football manager. It's certainly the most difficult period under his tenure um, what is it now seven, eight um, games without a win and something like eight goals conceded in the last 20 minutes of the games at the den Um, Leads being thrown away to end in defeat Uh, this is not good enough dear listeners is it? Um, speaking after yesterday's poor results not bad performance in in, in large measure but poor end game Uh, Neil Harris said the first and third goals that the defending was abysmal I had to be very careful not to swear then. A good few in the den were swearing, Neil. Uh, he goes on in the post-match press conference, speaking to Lucas Ball here, uh, if the dressing room has anything about it, they should lift themselves up now. I keep picking them up. Somewhere along the line, as a player, you have to stand up and be counted. And they didn't do that today. <clears throat> Worrying words, in in my honest honest opinion, dear listeners, because the moment when a manager starts to berate his own side, and uh, Marino falls into this trap a little bit, doesn't he? Then it's usually the uh, the final end game of a career. Now, I want to set my stool out. I really hope this is not the final end game of Neil, Neil Harris's Millwall managerial career. He's in a difficult situation at the moment. I don't think he has the answers as to why our club established leads. We came back well yesterday. We were a goal down from the, at the end of the first half. We had some questionable decision-making. Um, you'll have heard my commentary on the on the second penalty. I didn't even think it was a penalty initially. Um, so they're, 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 that in itself tells you a storyline. But we're in a difficult position and Neil Harris, I think, is floundering for answers. Now, whether the, you know, the solution to that is to bring in other advice, other opinion, I don't know. I don't think that would sit easily with him. I think personally I think Neil Harris speaks a different language to some of our players and what do I mean by that dear listeners I mean that uh, I said this on the radio show a couple of weeks ago Neil Harris was one of the most committed Millwall players I've ever seen and I go back a long time I bet you do too dear listener you go back a long time too name me a more committed Millwall player than Neil Harris and there won't be many of them in front of him if you can I think his language of, um, you know, lifting yourself up, raising your game is not working with some of these players and modern day players perhaps do not have the, the shed blood for the shirt and badge mentality that Neil Harris brought to the table. That's all I can think of. We, we, we lack leadership in that team. Someone needs to take hold of this bunch of players and, and there's some talent in the side, some good players, some very good individual players. But the last 20 minutes when we're throwing games away, consistently throwing games away, someone's got to stand up and be the leader. Someone's got to be the Roy Keane, for one of a, a better example. I can't think of many better leaders on the pitch than Roy Keane. That, that lack of toleration of defeats, someone's got to st- step up and be that person. Do I see that in the current squad? No, I don't. There's your problem. Defensively, we're, we're cracking under pressure late. I mean, that you could almost feel that third goal coming. Yesterday for Sheffield United, I thought we we're a decent team. Incidentally, I think they'll be contenders, and I, I said that privately to one of the um, fans, was Sheffield United fans, who contacted me relating to the the Fiano walk um, I said they, I thought they, they they looked a good side. They pulled us apart, but we're allowing ourselves to get pulled apart, aren't we? The table never lies, says Neil Harris in one of his closing comments in the press conference yesterday. And like it or not. Millwall fans never lie either, do they, dear listeners? I'm looking at post here by Tony Monday. Johnny Reeves, 68, two penalties that weren't even appealed, but make no mistake, we got what we deserve, says Tony. Relying on Cooper to score or assist from set plays, Gregory's goal should show if you pass rather than hoof the ball forwards, we will score. Meredith's worst game in a Millwall shirt, says Tony. James Humphrey's tough McDuff says we're going to have to learn very quickly how to keep possession of the ball, not just punting it clear. It's not going to be enough to keep us in this division, says James Humphreys. Charlie, X, ex, uh, well, he's not X, he's still a current pundit on, on my show, because I haven't done any punditry for a little while. Charlie Freika, any talk of bad luck is nonsense. It's happening far too often and almost always down to the way we choose to approach these games, says so Charlie. I think he's, I think Charlie's getting a mentality issue, and it clearly is a mentality issue to develop a lead and then relinquish late in the game. I, th- I make Charlie right there. Harry, block 45, lion. Harry Warren, that's the worst penalty decision I've seen since the first one, says H. JJ of CBL, we are now in a, a relegation dogfight official. I think you're right, JJ. I think this is going to be a season where survival will be our only realistic aim um, 19th position is it is that the one above the fourth and third relegation spot will, will do us Keith Mackay, El Maka. you don't get points or win games in this division with defending like that, watch the replay for their third, it's Sunday league says Macca no, nor do you get points when the ref gives two week penalties either um, yeah, I mean the, the the second penalty, in real time I didn't even think uh, I think it was a free kick, not a penalty. So the referee is, is always going to be an easy target. I think you, you do still have the syndrome of the referee coming to the den to show that they're not going to be swayed by the, the partisan home crowd and that we had a touch of that yesterday. John Shippers says when we go in front, we cannot just sit back and defend it. This comes back to managerial tactics, dear listener, doesn't it? The criticisms of Neil Harris, that he has only a plan A and then... When we do get in front, they, he tries to game manage. Um, I hate game management. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I saw the Sheffield United, the, the endless minute taken to reform for a kickoff after a goal. When was and how was that allowed? Uh, football authorities need to crack down on that. And I include us. I don't like it in us. And I hate it in the opposition. Um, John goes on. I'm digressed there, didn't I? Uh, John goes on to say the energy and enthusiasm isn't there. Get at them, says Shippers. Um, ant uh, on on Twitter. Not not the not the ant of old. The, the unmentionable ant. Um, whether you want him to stay or go, regardless, Harris is creating his own downfall. Says Ant. Team selection was laughable. Why was it changed with three question marks? That's a lot of question marks, Then Sub's timings were a joke. First time I'm leaning towards he needs to go. Uh, Ant is sick of hearing the same bullshit. Uh, disaster late on, says News at Den. Um it'd be more conventional post from News at Den. Disaster late on for Millwall, as Sheffield United come from behind to win at the Den, make it six defeats from seven. And that was my statistic I was mentally searching for earlier on in my monologue. Dear listeners, Lee Dolby, 1-0 down, says Lee, and Harris is this and that. 2-1 up, and it's super nil. And then 3-2, and someone shouts, Harris, it's time to go. Do me a favor and fuck off, says Lee. How about the players start stepping up? I, I make you right, Lee. Um, and I've said this before, it's, it, the, it comes down to the players, 11 players on that pitch. Give Harris the time he deserves, who else comes in and who knows better? That is a question, dear listeners. Who else is going to come in, knows our club, understands our club, and can do it better? Um, I can't think of many contenders. If you can think of any contenders, post them on the, the Twitter. Hashtag me in or, or copy me in at CBL underscore magazine. Let's see who you think could do better. That's realistic. No no um, peps, no no Jose's, no, um, you know. Uh, I don't know. great manager, of Helonio, Helonio Herrera, or anyone like that. The man in Block 11 uh, is currently imagining what burning one million pounds in the middle of the pitch would look like as half-time entertainment, and how that would be a much better use of the one million than having Bradshaw watch us get relegated from the bench. Always incisive, the man in Block 11, and he's referencing there, of course, the, the, the 80s, 90s rave band, the KLF, who famously did burn one million pounds. Maybe we should... Reimagine that in the, in, in the centre. One million pounds have set fire to it. Another one from Tony Monday. Sheffield United had a good shape. I thought that, Tony. I thought they, they, they found players in space on the attack. They always looked dangerous. You know, we, we dodged a bullet with the penalty in the first half, the missed penalty, but I never, ever fancied us in defence as they came at us. They always seemed to have the ability to pick the pass. The movement found a man with some space, and there was always a hint of danger when they came at us. Uh, Tony says they ran the show whilst we had Aidan O'Brien wandering around like a fan looking at a new ground with no idea. Just £2 million worth of uh, signing sitting on the bench. Things are going to get rough for Harris, says Tony. Grumpy grimace. Not really clicking and too much blaming of others, says Grumps. Got to play as a team. The cross for the goal could have and should have been stopped. And a free header inside the six yards box tells you all you need to know. Yeah, what what that's telling us is that defending is all over the place. Um, Our strongest card last season has turned into our our, our lowest hand card. Um, Why? Deep question. Not sure I've got the answer for it. Um, Nine points of... Mill lost championship Skybet championship points from winning positions last season. This is this is from um, one of the statistics, good brand stats. How many points have we lost last year versus this year from a winning position? Last season we lost nine points from twenty-three games lost from a winning situation. Nine points from twenty-three games at this year, ten points lost from just five games. Um that's an incisive stat, isn't it? I, I tend not to rate stats, but that one is very hard to argue against. This is Millwall, says, don't get me wrong. I know how much it means to people, but after 25 years, a mere baby in arms, says says Glenn, compared to many with fans. Even I have got used to Millwall conundrum, the Millwall conundrum. We have shit times, then the best of times. And so it goes round and round. Come rain or shine. I can't help but love them. Well, we'll join you on that one, Glenn. Um, It it does seem to be a a cycle. Our match, Merv Payne, our match at Forest on Wednesday can be seen on Sky Sports Red Button. Although the way things are going at the moment, the dark web might be appropriate. Incidentally, check out on Amazon.co.uk. Go on there. Type in Because My Dad Does by Merv Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, Merv, M-E-R-V and um 999 buys you his new book because my dad does let's, let's get behind it it's a great essay really looking forward to seeing the book Stuart says most people learn from their mistakes not mill Millwall we we are like the um the definition of insanity Albert Einstein's definition of insanity to keep repeating the same madness over and over same sitting back shit defending conceding like goals hate to say it but how many more will think it how long do you give a manager who has only one tactic and refuses to adapt even though he's been sussed out? there's the sixty four thousand dollar question Connor knows the answer. Connor says Harris is going to get himself sacked man man it's kind of like um like, like like a hippie boy from from the you know on, the, on on route perhaps to to woodstock man uh shaggy from from uh, scooby-Doo Pains me to say it, man. They don't say man. I'm I'm adding a lot of man. I'm going to add man's into it. Pains me to say it, man. Can't keep playing the same players. We keep failing you. You dig? He didn't say that either. Once again, why are we not rewarding a goal with a start for Elliot, man? £1 million signing, also on the bench again. He's playing his mates. Worst thing you can do, man, says Connor. And finally, it will be finally. I've had enough. You've had enough. You've heard it all before. And finally... Lion's bite says he found out today that a young lion called Dan, who he sat next to in block four for many years, passed away recently in extremely sad circumstances. I guess he was in his thirties and leaves a young son. Puts mere football into perspective. RIP Dan, I join you with that Lion's Bite. I don't know Dan. But that's a sad story. That's one of our own lost in in, in his early thirties, leaving young family behind. Um, Yes, it does put football into perspective. Yes, We are probably in a relegation dogfight, one that we may or may not survive. And we may find ourselves back in League One. But as Lionsbite rightly points, there are bigger things in this world than that. And um, Neil Harris, I wish him all the best. I I hope he has enough uh, now to pull us out of trouble. If he doesn't, next season, we'll still be going for Millwall, won't we? Arrivederci Millwall.
0: You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.